This podcast includes explicit language and sensitive topics that some may find offensive. All views expressed belong to the individual speaking and not a representation of any entity that we have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. It's a chance to back out now. That being said, if, if not, not, enjoy, enjoy the, show. the show. Five. I am not going to solve your problem. Four. And yeah. they, they laugh, they laugh, but they, you know, they get the scratch in their chins and they be like, three. Prescribing drug for regular patients if needed. Two. I can't by law. And two, I'm still, you know, stuck into the streets of G-Co. It's none of my business. One. And we're back. It's the Black Man Misunderstood Podcast. You rocking with your boy, Mike B. And, and the neighborhood not so friendly therapist. And it's episode 12. But I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. I had to get that out, bro. I had to get that out. Because we had this seminar of all the black collectives of my company at this point. A little meeting today. And it was relieving. uh, Stress relieving, actually. We did some breathe in and breathe out exercises. So I feel as though that was just a perfect way for me to segue into this episode, bro. Or we get into what is in store for therapy. I'm putting you on the hot seat this episode, man. Come on now. Heard you, B. <laughs> Before you do that, though, in usual fashion, yo, Mike. Oh, man. Here we go. What's a toxic trait about you that you know you need to work on? Ooh, you try to cut me deep with this. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, I felt that with my soul. Mm-hmm. Toxic trait. Because we know we we all humans. We all got them. We may not uh, admit to them, but uh, we all got them. Toxic trait. Toxic trait. Um, hmm. that you've act that you're actively like you're aware of it, and you know you're working on. Um, toxic trait. I definitely have one. Um, wait, is it really a trait though? I guess. It's the way I talk to people. Yeah. Huh? Most people. Yeah, I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain. So there's like points in times and like different situations. So like, let's say if I'm in uh, an authoritative or lead role. role uh, okay. Sometimes, you know, I'm not, I'm not the most, uh, the harshest person to like work with or to talk to or anything like that. But Toxic trait with me when I'm in that leadership role, I may not say things how I want to say it. It comes out so wrong that people take it the negative way and think I'm attacking them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been working on it, though. Um, And I've been working on this for a while. So um, I try to keep my mouth quiet 
think to myself for a minute and then speak. And hopefully I chose the right words to not offend that individual. Um, Because sometimes it sounds like I'm barking orders and I'm not really trying to bark orders or trying to put someone down. It's just I'm quick. You know, I'm quick with it. So first thing comes to my head, I try to shoot it out my mouth. So, yeah, that's I believe that's a very toxic trait of mine that I do, especially when I'm in a leadership role. Um, I wasn't too too knowledgeable of it when I was younger. I just kept doing it. And as I got older, I started to realize the way I say things turn people off. So, well, um, you know, I was not expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I definitely appreciate you for uh, giving us that introspective look because, hey, you caught me off guard, bro. Shoot. Okay. Yeah, man. I knew, I, I knew that, like, you threw me off guard with the question, but I was like, no, what? actually, let me think about this for a second. But that, no, that's definitely, definitely a toxic trait of mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been working on it, though. That's, I mean, that's always a plus. Always a plus. Yeah, man. Because you better than me. <laughs> <laughs> so now, Mr. Therapist, are, are you ready? Are you ready for no, this fire? I, I ain't got no this choice, man. I, I Coming remember. your way. I remember last season, man, you just pulled out certain questions, give me all them gut shots, man. So, you know, I'm, I'm here for it, man. Anywhere I can help. All right, man. All right. This is what the people want to know. All right. All right. So, so to begin this, to begin this uh, conversation, I'm going to say, what is the mindset of the therapist on meeting a new client for the first time? Um. So I'll leave by stating that I don't speak for all therapists. And I don't speak for all black therapists. I just speak for the neighborhood therapist, um, better known as Justice Payne Tyson, MS, LPC, CART. Okay. Um, my mindset when I meet a new client is shit, I'm anxious. <laughs> That's the first thing. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I need people Back. to understand that uh, me as a therapist, even though I am the professional, air quotes, um, it's just as much anxiety me meeting you as it is for you meeting me. Um, I have to make sure that I'm a good fit for you. I have to make sure um, that I can actually meet your needs. And it's I got to make sure that I don't get uh, blinded by the money that's involved with it. Because let's be honest, you know, you're paying me for a service. You see what I'm saying? Mm. I, I just got to be real. You know what I mean, I'm, and that's that's one thing I tell my clients, like I'm, I'm all about transparency. Like at the end of the day, yes, I'm here to help you. But this is also a business transaction. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, that's that's what goes through my mind. All of that goes through my mind. And then ultimately, once you get on there, I see your face. We get into it. My whole thing is let's let's talk about me. L-E-S-S. Let's talk about me. More talk about you. How can I help you? How can I solve, you know, some of the things, the loopholes that you miss and things like that? But a big takeaway before we go any further I need people to understand. Again, I don't speak for other therapists. I speak for myself. I am not going to solve your problem. Mm. You are. I'm just going to help you get to the solution. Mm, that's deep. That's deep right there. We already starting off strong. Hey, bro. Hey, hey, hey bro. <laughs> so go, going into what you said that you're not the cure, right? Uh-huh. That that that's that that's a key key point that I need the listeners to make sure that they heard. 
going to the therapist, the therapist is not going to give you the cure or the solution. You have to find the solution in yourself. Mm-hmm. Is that is that right, Mr. Therapist? Oh, uh, for the most part. Now there are rare times where I might say something, and the client go, "Damn, huh? I never thought about it like that." And then that be their solution. There's, I can't control that. Okay. So, in, so in that instance, I gave you the solution, but I didn't know. Well, I mean, I'm I'm giving you my um my options. Take. Yeah, my take on the situation. Um, I like to tell my, a lot of my clients, I don't like giving out opinions because everybody has those, and I can only do so much with your opinion. Um. So, so what I like to do is I give out options. I'm like, listen, man, you know, you could do option A, B, C, or D, or you can come up with three more options, you know, and then let's journey that together. Let's see how it come out. All right, cool, cool, cool. And so you already start, started talking them on, on my next question. The, the, that's I guess that's one of the tactics that you use. What's up? Um, so knowing it's the therapist's job to make the individual feel comfortable, what are the tactics that, that you use to get them in that mindset, in that frame of mind? Um, I don't use tactics uh, because when you say tactics to somebody like me, because I play a lot of video games and um, I'm really like into like survival and guns and things like that, I automatically mm-hmm. think of like military living. Like um, okay. I got to survive. So when you say tactics to me, I'm thinking of uh, mercenary, bro. <laughs> like, Because I live by, you know, mercenary standards. So I'm going to tweak that a little bit okay um i just be myself i'll be authentic i'll be transparent um so you you basically i'm I'm meeting you for the first time and it's it's i want you to be comfortable but i don't want you to be so comfortable where it's just like you're not taking it serious Mm, okay you see what i'm saying so that i I strive to just give you 100 authentic me um and i tell people all the time listen I can give you all the scientific hoopla that you want, you know, um, if that's what you mm-hmm. want to do, if that's the route you want to take. But most of the time, nine times out of ten, if you want the best version of me, you got to let me rock. Just let me vibe. We're going to get you to the solution. And if I feel like we're not going to get you to the solution professionally, I'm going to refer you out. Because I don't like to waste nobody's time and I sure don't want nobody wasting mine. True, 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 true that, true that, true that. Time is money and money is time. Um Ooh, I feel I feel like I'm just I'm just throwing haymakers at you right now. Oh, man, I'm weaving them things right now. What's up, bro? All right, all right, all right. So I'm pretty sure there's an intake form. Yes. Uh-huh. All right. So as a therapist, when you meet the individual for the first time, uh, do you just observe their behaviors that they tell you to on their intake form? Or do you add your own after your observation? I gotta be careful when I answer this question, but nah, I ain't gonna be careful, man. We we here for it, bro. I, I said, come I'm on, bring me fire, bro. Bring me. <laughs> I look at your intake. Um, I glance at it. If it's something like super, super, um, you know, hey, I'm suicidal. You know, every day I want to harm myself. I, absolutely, like I take that into consideration, and I have a conversation with you the first time we meet about that. But if it's like something that, like, you know. To me, to me, something that I feel is like not um, going to shift our relationship, our therapeutic relationship. Um, mm-hmm. I, I give it. I give you a chance for you to introduce yourself to me because I'm I'm a big person and um, I don't like labels, and I don't like the way that uh, 
writings and and media portray certain people. So I give people, I, I give everybody the opportunity to show me what you got type of deal. Um, speaking on that mercenary lifestyle, uh, that's the street guy in me. So the street guy in me is, you know, I I was raised, you know, give somebody the rope. See what I'm saying? Now, in 2021, that don't translate too well because you got a lot of people that's killing themselves and things like that. But I'm just giving it to you in the mercenary realm. Like, that's how I think about things. So I give people that opportunity to give me their undivided attention, be 100% authentic with me, be real. Show me who you are. I don't, I'm don't. i not worried about that piece of paper, but I will take it into consideration if need be. That's all. All right, all right, respect that. So to add on to that, right, intake form is one thing, you know, uh, you looking at the behaviors is another. Uh, you don't use tactics, but you use different ways to get them comfortable. Going back to something that you said earlier about not wasting time and not being a therapist that thinks about straight money, collecting mm-hmm. money from the individual. Is there a set amount of time for therapy? Because I feel I feel as though that question comes up a lot with people when they when they look for one, um, for any any different issues that they had or personal remarks, and they they they're end up asking what's the cure all or like we were saying earlier and you already stated that you're the cure not not us meaning um meaning not the therapist but the individual themselves yeah can you elaborate on like is there a certain amount of time or the way the thinking behind the time period or time frame or anything like that so it's usually uh 30 minutes to an hour that that's what you usually see. So it's usually 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or you'll see 55 minutes. Some people go and push it all the way to the 60 minutes. I do not because there's notes that I still have to do afterwards when I get off of you. So I need at least five minutes to breathe. First of all, <laughs> get up, use the bathroom, that type of deal. And then, mm-hmm, write notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there are some therapists out there that will push it. They go an hour and a half. Me personally, I'm not built for it, but what you usually see is 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or 55 minutes. Those are the three that you usually see. Okay. And then that's the time frame for the therapy session. So now with time, besides that, would you what would you would you say there's a time frame of how long, like months, years to therapy, or is that up to oh. the individual themselves? Yeah, that's a that's a um person by person process. Um, something that I like to do is I set a limit for everybody, a goal, um, not a limit, but a goal. Um, so I tell you, give it at least a minimum of eight sessions. If you don't feel like you're learning anything, I can refer you out because that means I'm not doing my job. That's how I look at it. That may not be true. It it may not be that I'm not doing my job. Maybe you're just not, uh, interpreting the information properly from me, which is fine. Either way, I don't feel like I'm doing my job. I'm going to refer you out. But um, most of the time, you can't really um, tell somebody, hey, you're going to be good in 12 sessions. It doesn't work like that. And then you got a lot of people that um, they'll see you once a week. Some will see you once every two weeks. Some will see you once every month. Like, there's no way to gauge. Like, you just, you just have to do it based off of um, the way that you're feeling. And it's so hard um, for therapists because... We have to terminate you. And I hate that. I really hate that we have to use that word, but that's what it's called. It's called a termination process. Um, 
and we have to gauge when we feel like, hey, you're free uh, to to move without therapy. Um, now there are some people. I got some clients that's like, no, I'm never leaving therapy. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna do therapy for the next like ten years. I don't know what Tom has in store for us, but um, I personally just don't feel um, that benefits uh, certain people and it benefits others. So it's just a matter of you weighing out, you know, what works for you as the client. So when, when you said it doesn't benefit the people, are you speaking to it actually therapy turning to be a detrimental part for them? And, or are you also speaking to therapists taking advantage of just collecting, having a guaranteed check? <laughs> Shit, <I'm>... both. <laughs> Keep it yeah. real, Mike. Both, bro. Um, oh, come on, man. I, yes. with it. <laughs> Absolutely. I have met therapists that will continue. They know damn well that the therapy is either not helping or it's done. It's, it's there's nothing else to um work through. And they will continue to see the client because they know it's a guaranteed check and they ha ha and they key key. Um, the other portion of it, something that I'm very, very cautious about is I don't want to become a crutch. Mm, I don't want to okay. stop you. Um, I don't want you to depend on me is the way I want to put it. You know, if if we starting now and you feel like, hey, I need this, you know, come on, man, I need you to help me out. No problem. I got you. We're going to grind. We're going to get it. But the minute I start to feel like, um, you know, I'm becoming a crush for you, like you absolutely depend on therapy to get you out of your rust and things like that. That means I'm failing at everything I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, wow. To me, th- again, this is all me. There's no reason you should um, not. Again, you're going to have crisis starting out and things like that. But if if we like seven months out, eight months out, right? And I feel like yeah. it's been great pressure. Um, a lot of the traumas that you went through, you've alleviated, you didn't work through them. We didn't do some mindfulness techniques. You know, you're mindful of your uh your passion, your aggression towards other people and things like that. And you're only coming back because, oh, I feel really good when I speak to you. Like that's that's not helping you. That's not helping mm. you. I have to give you um what I call to my clients a uh, maintenance period. Take a break from therapy for three weeks, four weeks, uh, hell, six weeks. This ain't about the money. It's about your mental health. So take a break for six weeks. I don't need your brain. I need you to be straight. I need you to be good. Are you good? And like you ask all my clients, I ask them before the session is over, I'm like, yo, how your mental health feel now that you're about to get off? And most of the time I'll get the, yo, I actually feel good. I'm straight. I'm like, all right, cool. What did you learn today? Because if you tell me, oh, I ain't learned nothing, uh, nah, we got a problem. Mm. So I guess you. Yeah, man. That's as far as you know, answering your question, I feel that, that that's that's where it goes. All right, all right. So in the therapy session, um, I know people do this naturally when they talk to get to know people, get to know friends. I, w- I wonder if this is also true in therapy. Do you as a therapist, disclose your own personal stories to help? Um, only when necessary. So we have a, a big thing uh, that we're afraid of in the therapy world. It's called counter-transference. Um, what that means is if, Mike, if you're telling me a story about, um, I don't know, how your dog got hit, and I'm, I'm sitting there listening to you, and I just blurt out, yeah, man, 
Oh man, I remember my dog Fluffy got hit by a car. It just broke my heart. <sighs> and then I just sit there and then I got like tears rolling down my eyes. That's countertransference because now we've switched roles. You damn near become the therapist <laughs> and I'm oh, sitting wow. there the client. Yes, that's that's a real oh, wow. thing. It happens. So if I'm sharing with a client, I'm sharing because it makes sense to what they're talking about. And I'm um bringing it home for them because i get a lot of clients that be like um case in point so survivor's guilt one of my specialties right i get a lot of clients that make it out the hood right and you know they caking up they used to be gang bangers you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. they they feel like sellouts because you know the homies are still on the block but they out here you know living in the free world they're driving the cars that they drive and they got the houses that they got they got the family and things like that so they always mm-hmm. be like man man i'm a sellout man like my people still on the block, this and this and this. And I stop them. I'm like, yo, so you calling me a sellout? And they all, like, it stops them and they try to be like, I'm not even talking about you. I'm like, no, 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 no. You said X, Y, and Z, X, 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 you know, and I, I lay it out to them. And I'm like, I went through that as well. So you calling me a sellout too? I feel a type of way. Again, I'm joking with the client at that point, but I'm bringing it in a serious tone. And yeah. they, they laugh, they laugh, but they, you know, they get the scratch in their chins and they be like, damn, like, I ain't never think about it like that. So, like, your upbringing allowed you to do X, Y, and Z and you survived and now you thrive and you've been, like, if it, may, if it, as long as it gives them an aha moment, absolutely. I'll share about my personal life all day, but I'm not just about to be telling you about how I used to get shot at and I got stabbed and all this. Like, for what? Like, this ain't no bragging session. Facts, like, facts, facts. I'm here to help you. Like, that's it. And you, you're already knocking out these questions left and right, bro. Like, come on, bro. I'm, I learned from seat. last season. I learned from last season, bro. You ain't going to do me how you did last season, bro. Man, I, got you, I got you in your feelings, bro. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. I brought, I had oh, to let excuse you me, therapist. therapist. <laughs> Hey man, it's so, all good. As a black therapist, do you have a different approach when you interact with different hues? Um, professionally, no. Um, but there's a thing in the therapy world again called bias. Um, yes, I'm biased. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> I was raised how I was I, now. Believe me, believe it or not, I was raised in diversity. So. Um, when I meet black and brown people, there's really not a different level of communication that I have with them. It's just, uh, um, I guess it's more natural to me. Um, when a different hue uh, does come in, I do catch myself sometimes. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, hey, how you doing? And I don't I don't speak to people like that. Anytime they come in a session, I say, peace. How are you? Because to me, the universal greeting is peace. So I do notice that sometimes when a different you comes in, I'll say, hey, how you doing? But I'll I'll quickly stop what I'm doing. I'll be like, no, I'm authentic. I'm transparent. This is who I am. You came to me. So I'm not switching up for nobody. And I'll be like, peace, how you? And it it throws them off. They're like, um, hello, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm wonderful, <laughs> beloved. How are you? Like, <laughs> and I, bro, I no BS, bro. And and I think the the beautiful thing about what I do is I give people the opportunity to run away. I specifically that phrase. I say, hey, this is who I am. This is what you're gonna get as a therapist. This is your opportunity to run away. The same disclaimer that we got in the beginning of the podcast. Like, back out now. Yeah, real. It's your chance to back out now. Like. <laughs> 
and they they be like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm right at home. I say less. Say less. Yeah. So to answer your question, um, I can't lie and say sometimes that I I don't um switch up, you know, cold switch. That's what they call it. Um, yeah. I mm-hmm. but I do catch myself before I take it any further. I think that's just something that's been hardwired into us as black men that we have to uh change the way we speak. Uh, change the posture, change the clothes when we were into certain rooms and things like that. And man, I've been in I've been in rooms with millionaires, black millionaires, bro, mm-hmm. that got on biker shorts and Hawaiian mm-hmm. shirts, bro, and some sandals. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, I was like, man, yo, fuck this. I'm not switching up for nobody, bro. <laughs> like for real, I'm, I'm not doing yeah, it no more. Like, I'm not doing it you. no more. Now, now I'm gonna still be tasteful. You know, if we got to go to a um an event, mm-hmm. I'm going to dress to the nines, put my thing on, you know what I'm saying? You know, when you get married, we're going to be in that thing, you know what I mean? We're going to be straight, you know what I mean? Fresh, but, fresh to death. You know, but if we on the beach and I feel like, you know, I don't want to wear nothing but my tank top and my shorts or something like that, that's what I'm going to do. Well, there's a business meeting in five minutes after that. Well, I'm coming to the business meeting like this, and I might have a margarita in my hand. Say something. <laughs> <laughs> what crazy, <laughs> what man. You crazy man, the, man listen the dress code and the vernacular does not take away the knowledge that i hold in my head fact, real talk facts it's facts definitely some facts so come on man talk to me nice bro what's up man you got anything else for me bro i'm on my mayweather status right now bro <laughs> bro you just taking me out bro. dodging them things boy all right so I think you clarified this last season, but I'm gonna bring it up again for 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 our, for our listeners to understand and listen when I ask this question. Prescribing drug for regular patients, if needed, is it hard to determine, or something you try to stay off, stay away from, or you don't do it at all because it's not what you do? Um, so I don't do it at all. Um legally i cannot <laughs> prescribe drugs i am not the neighborhood dope dealer and i am not a psychiatrist um i am a psychotherapist there's a big difference the psychiatrist had to go to medical school and they know what type of meta uh, medications to prescribe you and the type of dosage um that is not my realm the closest thing i can do to that is i can diagnose you with attention deficit hyperactive disorder or bipolar disorder and things like that, which is also powerful. People need to understand. I do have a lot of power in my hand. Um, if I give you a diagnosis, that diagnosis follows you for the rest of your life until another professional like me, i.e. a doctor or um, a nurse practitioner, you know, somebody that with medical power in their hand diagnoses you, that label will follow you for the rest of your life. So that is the, mm-hmm. that is the, the most extreme that I can do. Is give you a diagnosis, but as far as medication, I can refer you out. <laughs> That's about it. Understood, understood, understood. I think I think we had to explain that again because uh, I, I don't I don't think a lot of people caught the difference from when you said that just now. Okay, you are explain explain one more time. What are you again, sir? I am a licensed professional counselor, which is a psychotherapist. A psychotherapist does um, what they call talk therapy. And within talk therapy, I also can do um, intake assessments. I can do mental health evaluations just as long as it doesn't um, 
measure IQ. Once you start talking about uh, you need IQ test within your mental health evaluation, I have to refer you out to what we call a psychologist. That's a doctorate level um, psychotherapist. So I'm a master's level psychotherapist. So when you need an IQ test or you need somebody that's a professor, you want mm-hmm. a psychologist, you refer out to them. And they can be um, they can be your professor. They can also do a full blown psychological evaluation, which is which includes an IQ test. If you need medication, you take it a step further. That psychologist will refer you out to a psychiatrist. And what they do is nine times out of 10, they don't really want to sit there and talk to you uh, every week or every other week. They want to figure out what's going on with you. They're going to make an educated uh, guess, a hypothesis, um, based on what you're telling them and some of the tests that they run with you. And then they're going to say, okay, here's a prescription for X, Y, and Z. And then they give you that. Those are the major difference between the three. So the ball's in your court. Anything you would like the people to know, sir? Because I think you answered all my questions that I have. Okay. Um. Let me think for myself. Let me think. Uh, yeah, yeah. So people in search of a therapist, okay? Um, here's some of the questions you want to ask the therapist. Uh, do you accept insurance? And how much is the copay? If you don't accept insurance, how much is the private pay fee? That's the cash uh, fee. So that's the uh, private private value fee. Um, <laughs> you want to ask, is there a cap on the sessions? Because some insurance companies will cap you at, I don't know, 10 sessions. Something like that. I'm just making up a number, but you just got to be careful with that. You got to ask those questions. Like, is there a cap on my session? Um, most most of the time, they can't. The therapist cannot answer that uh, the same day. They have to uh, call your insurance company. They got to, or they their billing company calls the insurance company. And they got to get all that information. But those are just some of the questions you want to ask. Um, nah, you gonna end it like that? Man, you know what to do. Head over to the BMM Patreon for the rest of the episode. I promise it's worth it. Patreon.com slash BMM podcast. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash BMM podcast. That's it, man.